With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, <clears throat> welcome to Tales with Tiara Hockey Podcast. I always forget to say that a hockey podcast because uh, often, often an hour or two go by and we don't even really talk about hockey. But I uh, was and am, I suppose, a hockey player, and I think most of my audience are hockey fans, but I'm not really sure about that, and I'm positive that. Quite a few don't really watch hockey at all. So we like to uh, change up the topics around here. When I say we, I mean me. I'm going to start with some hockey since we don't talk about hockey much. And uh, even for the non-hockey fans, like I said, you might uh, find this interesting. But this year, what we're hearing is that the NHL is going to start, I think, in mid-January. I've heard a lot of dates, but. I still find that a little bit premature, like mid-January, really. Like that, we're in mid-December now, and if we still don't know, it would take more than a month to get ready. Although while I'm talking, there's probably probably news coming across the feed. There's a lot of stuff happened today. On top, oh, Alexander Steen retired. Uh, probably 13 years in the league, maybe even more. Anyway, he was a decent player, hard worker. Played for the Leafs for a bit, and I think every other year with St. Louis. Anyway, on top of that, you can hear some, you know, alignment of the divisions and things like that. So, and, and you know, the, the players' contracts and all that. Actually, to this point, that hasn't been handled well public, in my opinion. People are starved for hockey, and we don't need to hear about disputes between the players and the owners. I understand that it's a process, but I don't know. Um, Publicly, there's got to be a better way to present it. Um, anyway, so the Canadian division they're talking about, right? So at first, I didn't like it. And the more I think about it, I like it. And uh, again, for those that don't follow the NHL uh, or don't really know how it's divided up, well, there's never been a Canadian division. Generally, generally, as in most sports, it would go you know, more east to west than north to south with divisions. Um, I mean, there are the, there's the Northern, what would it be? Like the Northwest, obviously, uh, the Southwest, the Northeast, um, and the Southeast. Obviously we know that there's dimensions where divisions lie. I'm just saying, you don't usually have Canada, a vast area from East to West, North to South. It's huge. You would never lump all those teams together. They're too far apart um, in any sport. So due to COVID, though, you know, when there's a pandemic, I suppose, I wonder what they did in like 1917 and 18 and stuff, and when they started playing, if they stopped. Some look into I'm talking about the Spanish flu for those that don't follow pandemics. Uh, but this, you know, we and then the more I read about the pandemic, just read an awesome book um, for the second time, Sapiens and the sequel on halfway through actually, Homo Deus, I think it's called. 
anyway, great to explain all this and you know this pandemic stuff. But just like you know, people have said this for years that it's going to happen. It's happened throughout history quite a bit. Just that we didn't really know how to protect ourselves as well throughout history, and we weren't positive that there was going to be a vaccine coming from at all. Uh, but even talking about COVID is exhausting nowadays because even that's become politicized. So maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll get off the topic. But in any case, it's loosely tied to the Canadian division that we're talking about. So first of all, what are some cons? Well, there's going to be a lot of games against the same teams. I'm guessing if the Canadian division, because of a pandemic, they're not ever going to cross the board. I mean, that would be a whole reason for the division. So I don't know what they'll play. I, my guess is between 48 and 56 games. Now that's in itself, without a pandemic, without divisions, that's a hard deal. Wouldn't matter if you were playing across the street. Play 48 or 56 games. And I know they have to be done by August. The Olympics going to happen. So to cram all that in with the Stanley Cup playoffs, and as you've seen, they don't fuck with the playoffs. Like, don't be thinking they're going to do like one and out like football or something if it gets too late. I don't believe they're going to do that in hockey. And, uh, you know, that, that's probably of all the things that might change that have changed, I don't see that changing. And I take pride in that. The NHL, as well as most pro leagues and a lot of hockey, even if you look at midget, it's usually four out of seven, which is great. I love that. Um, and the, the Stanley Cup playoffs, um, you know, I can only speak from watching them because I got called up. I was a black ace. I watched them. But I played the American Hockey League playoffs twice, which is the same amount of games. Man, You're looking at a possible 28 games. Think about that. I've often said how tough it is to play hockey. And, you know, 80 games in the regular season, 82 is a lot anyway. You know, now this is really going to be grueling to, to have to play that many between January and, I mean, April, I guess, and then start the playoffs in May, start them, be done in July, I guess, this year. I, I don't know. What did they do in 94, 95, my favorite hockey year? It's like it be that baby. Um, but anyway, I should remember because it was a lockout year. And I remember, side note, playing the WHL that year at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, and Lanks and I, Damon Lank, how we really lit it up. That's another reason people ask where you're going in the season expecting all those points. No. And the biggest reason in my mind that I never talk about and I kind of forget about is that it was a lockout year. So players like Jeff Friesen, Rob Niedermeyer, Brian McCabe, they were all in our league, but they probably wouldn't have been if the NHL had been going ahead like it would. I think McCabe was like captain of the Islanders the next season. I think like at 19 or 20, he was the captain of the Islanders. Anyway, that, that's just three names, but there was much more. Over the course of the CHL, Alexander Dade came back, Jeff O'Neill, all these guys. Pretty much every Canada won in red there, like 8-1 to one or some shit. Darcy Tucker, I remember, was on that team. Todd Harvey, Jason Allison, or Jamie Allison, or maybe both. In any case, they were deadly. And uh, the league was a little bit better in the dub for those months because uh, the NHL hadn't gone back. Um, but it was also great to watch those guys play at a young age. Rob Niedermeyer didn't do much in the NHL. Um, and, and that's almost ignorant to say. But I mean, like, you wouldn't think of him as a star. Uh, you'd think of Scott Niedermeyer as a star. Rob had a good career, though. But, like, I remember him in junior, like, really standing out to me. Two ways, and he was smart. Just sometimes those kind of guys, you know what I mean? Like or girls now, geez, keep saying that, but or girls watch a lot of women's hockey. Um, and uh, plugged to Maggie Connors from Newfoundland. Uh, Maggie was a guest on my program, I think, in the summertime, but a great hockey player. And I've since gone back and watched some highlights. Well, Maggie's got great hockey sense, and uh, everything I read about her is the same. Well, there, there was a thing about Niedermeyer, hockey sense. Like it's, you know, he, he wouldn't always make a flashy play or go end to end, but I don't remember like what his plus minus would be, but I would think fantastic. I always knew when he was out there defensively. He was a hard guy to play against. And, and, and not only that, Zdeno Chara is a hard guy to play against. He was actually in the WHL as well, and Prince George, I don't know that. Um, 
you know, Sheldon Surrey was hard to play against in a tough way, right? But guys like Niedermeyer, like I, he wasn't dirty or anything. Um, he was big enough, probably my size. But I just mean he was a two-way player that always, like, he was tenacious. He didn't give up. Uh, and he was smooth in many ways, like his brother, not, not as great of a skater, but a, a pretty smooth forward. Any, anyway, I'm, I'm going on, but I remember noticing those things. As I was in my like 16, 17 in, in the dub, I was um, really a fan. I remember like playing against these guys. And it, in, in many ways, the WHL or any major junior was not a whole lot unlike the NHL. I just never thought I'd play in it. If you grew up in Toronto or something, you probably like, you know, your goal is the OHL. It seems completely realistic. Everywhere you're playing, there's uh, alumni that have gone on to this, that place, or that place. And, you know, NHL is not too far away. You grow up here, at the, especially in the 90s, and no one was playing away. Like, I was watching Eric Lindros, and John Slaney went. I went ninth overall in 91 for Newfoundland, which really, really, I think, was the first step in getting scouts to come here and watch. But uh, yeah, it was like, you know, Major Junior was often, I just remember the, everything, the helmets. I remember I was watching Oshawa, which Eric Lindros was crazy junior to watch. I know he's in the Hall of Fame, but so, I mean, obviously he was a fantastic NHLer, but for those that don't know, man, this was a story. Eric Lindros was out of this world. He was a big and he hit everything and he's got the most points. And in 1991, Think about this. In 1991, a lot of people forget this shit too. But Canada won the Canada Cup. Um, you know, it was every four years, I think. So Lemieux in 87 scored that big goal. Well, they won again in 91. Just wasn't as, I mean, it was exciting. Go back and watch the games. But the Lemieux goal happened with like, uh, I forget, a minute left or some shit like that. And it was, uh, you know, six to five, two out of three each game went. Went went six five, so it went all three. So, you know that that's a big moment. I remember watching that. But I also, you know, I remember the goal. I remember where I was at Steve Kwan's house, playing for the Mount Pearl Blades. My first year on the All Stars, watching that, and I can't believe it. I'm talking about the Lemigo. But in '91, like Lindros made there. Like he was junior, junior age player, and he made Team Canada, and he scored some goals. I remember one from the slot. He spun around. I haven't seen it since on, I, I don't know if I've ever seen Lindros highlights from the 91 Canada Cup. Um, give me something to do now after this, but he played on the team. A lot of people don't remember that man or, or realize it. He was a junior player. He played on Team Canada. Even Crosby, when he came in, was deadly. I think he was on the taxi squad at the Olympics. Think about how good McDavid was, but had there been a team that year, maybe McDavid actually. And Crosby, I thought, should have been, but he didn't get played. You know, Gretzky. There's, that's a really, really, really small group that can say they either played or were good enough as a junior to play on Team Canada men's. And I don't even know if, if, if McDavid would have been. He would have been ready or, or whatever. It might have been. And, and, and uh, you know, and, and probably the Oilers would have had something to say about it. And you know what? That's probably another reason. Because Lindros... You know, he got drafted, but he didn't he made it very clear. He didn't even put the jersey on. Oh, man. What a move that is. He didn't even put the fucking jersey on. I'm not playing in Quebec. Now, he's got his reasons. He's come out lately, I think, and said, uh, was it Marseille? Ah, no, it wasn't. But I, I forget. It was the GM of, of Quebec. I could do my homework and, like, plan what I was going to talk about on here, but I don't. So I forget. But he didn't want to go because of the GM of, of Quebec. He's come out and said that. In an interview with Tara Sloan, I think it was maybe two, two or three months ago. Man, I met the guy at a golf tournament a few years ago too, and he was getting um, inducted in the Holly Hockey Hall of Fame. And uh, seemed like a really quiet, humble guy. It, the last thing I expected. Again, the only reason I say that is because of the movie pulled with with Quebec, and and you know he was such a commanding presence. But I didn't know him other than that. I heard he was a decent guy. I just thought maybe he'd be a little more. Um, outgoing's not the word. He was outgoing. He was nice. Uh, not full of himself. I thought he'd be a little more maybe controlling and confident or of the situation. He was laid back. Like he didn't have any need to control the conversation. Uh, he seemed, and I do. <laughs> oh, Jesus. 
Uh, I suppose I do. Um, but anyway, he seemed to be into it. And Ron McLean was there. That was our mutual friend. Or it was a fundraiser for something. Again, talked to him in, in Toronto. Myself and my buddy Brian Muir, uh, we sat at the same table. Brian's Stanley Cup champ. Um, anyway, anyway, fuck do I go off, off course. I am talking about the Canadian division, but to finish that part, yeah, we used to watch those those junior games uh, and it was it seemed out of this world watching fans on tv and everything i went to the local junior games here i thought maybe i'd play for the junior blades someday that was a definite possibility in my mind uh and yeah anyway anyway so that that year in 94 95 was a short and so those those guys i mentioned would have ended up playing in the nhl or what a 48 game season. I think I think Lindros tied for the scoring lead, but he lost maybe because of goals. And I think he got the heart trophy that year. I think he got the heart trophy that year. In any case, he was a dominant, dominant force. But they would have had to do the same sort of thing. And last time it obviously wasn't a pandemic, it was uh new CBA. So, which happens time to time. I think it happened again in 0405. In any case, here we are. Back then, there was no Canadian division and travel was still the same. For those of you that hate that, I apologize, but I don't know why you'd still be listening. I assume anybody that's still tuned in for whatever reason, because I wouldn't listen to it. But if you guys want to listen to this shit, whoever's still here, you're listening. So I'll keep going with the nonsense that I myself wouldn't listen to. But anyway, where are we? So it's going to be grueling no matter what. Repetitive. In, in, in the Canadian division, I think it's going to be playing all those. If, if you got 56 games and you're only talking about Seven teams. And oh man, you, you, yeah, you, no matter what way you slice it, even if you don't play everybody equal, you're playing all those teams seven and nine times. Seven to nine times. Or six to nine, or whatever it might be, it's going to be a hell of a lot. So I guess it could get repetitive. The way I look at that, though, is that it's going to get intense. And that, that's one thing I used to love about being a hockey player is when you got into those um, playoff series. Remember one year, Tri-Cities, the last couple of games, we played Spokane and then we were playing them again in the, in the playoffs, which is great because it, it gave you a couple of games. And what I mean is that I guess to get a hate on for somebody sounds shitty, but yeah, like, you know, you want, you, you want to build up a bit of a rivalry. When I'm out there, I got to be totally honest with you. My natural instinct is not to hate the other team or like grab someone and fight or it's just to get the puck and put it in the net, right? Like that, that's my natural instinct. When the puck drops, how am I going to get that in? How is that disc going to be placed in that mesh? How's it going to happen? So that's the instinct. And I think that's the instinct when you're seven years old. So some people go out and like hitters are like, you know, let me make a big hit or fighters, you know, I can't wait to get into this and fight. So, that was never my, th I mean, those things would come as you, as the game intensified for me, but I went out there for a lot of people, right? You go out there to play hockey, but when someone maybe sprays your goalie with, with snow, you know, there stops in his face or maybe hits somebody a questionable hit or roots somebody or hits your star player slashes. There's so many reasons or even chirps, right? Even just chirps you. Well, as, as you play teams more and more times in a, small, a smaller and smaller amount of time, well, that rivalry obviously intensifies, right? So I remember, like, by, by game three or four of any series I ever remember, I'm including senior hockey, I'm including ball hockey, whatever. By that point, I was pissed. At the, at the start, I would go out there and, like, look for reasons. Honestly, I'd be like, it'd be hard to wake me up sometimes. Or you had a big pregame nap and you go to the rink and no matter what, you can't snap yourself out of it. They're doing the anthem and you're just like, oh, fuck. Oh, man. You know, okay, just get into it, get into it, get into it. And you know you got to get into it. Well, get your head down coming up through center ice and someone corks you. 
boom, you're into it, right? Or glove wash in front of the net, you start getting there. By game three, you're pissed. By game five, you're sparing people behind the play, trying to get one in behind the ref's pace. You're chirping, you're clawing, you're spitting, right? You're blocking shots. All of a sudden, you're jumping in front of shots that are 102 miles an hour, right? A few days before that, you're just sitting there going, when's lunch? So those are the extremes. But I think when you play teams more and more, like I said, in, in such a confined space and time, then those things heat up. Now, for me, it was as a player, I like that. Some people don't, right? That's why you often hear people say, you know, don't wake up a sleeping bear or hibernating bear, or whatever, you know, they go out and they go into a building and go, you know, don't need to wake this guy up. But some guys need to be constantly hit. If you just let them play, they're going to, they're good. It's going to be bad news. You're going to finish every hit and hope by Scott Niedermeyer. You can't solve the guy, right? Or you couldn't. I'm just tired a little bit now. I'm dating myself, but Niedermeyer was just like, it, it's never, you're never going to intimidate him either. But you just hope that by the end of the game, you know, 60 or 70 hits on this team, maybe they don't have that slight energy to break out like they normally would. It's those things, right? You, you, you wear people down over the course of game, a series. Um, and that's an approach that a lot of fans don't see straight up. But anyway, anyway, as a player, I like those rivalries. And um, as a fan, though, I think it's great. So I'm speaking not only for myself as a player, as a fan as well. I like to watch games that mean something. And that is a pro. So, yeah, games that mean something I'm talking. So with the shortened schedule, even though it's grueling, it does, no matter who you're playing, let alone just the Canadian division, but no matter who you're playing, uh, it's going to, what's the word? Not, not rivalry. No, no matter who you're playing during that span, each game will be kind of like a playoff game, right? So the shortened schedule is really, and then these divisions that are going to largely stay within their own divisions, I don't know what the other ones are going to be. Uh, it's going to be similar, I assume. I, I, I also venture to guess Canadian division is the only teams that are only going to stay within that division. I, I really don't know. I, I assume the Rangers are going to play Dallas and all that stuff, but who knows? Regardless of it, what I'm saying is that the, the games are more important immediately. Uh, and specific rivalries will be built during the season that probably wouldn't be in another non-COVID year, which is going to be every other year. It's a vaccine moment. That's the other thing that's interesting about all this is that yeah, I, I really didn't like the feeling in March or April or June or, 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 or April, May, June, whenever around springtime, like, cause no one really knew what was happening. Like, and here in Newfoundland, we were kind of protected I, being that, you know, we're an island. So we had one breakout, but after that we didn't. We five new cases yesterday though, but apparently they're all travel related. So anything we've had here, even when we've had it has been, people in isolation going back from Alberta or overseas or wherever, right? Because they're working. So at no point here was it as much of a five bell alarm uh, in public. I mean, we, we took the precautions and everything, but I don't, yeah, it must have felt different most places in North America, judging by the cases and the deaths. I don't even know. I think we had one death. We, we controlled it pretty well. And by the way, that's why a lot of guys get a lot of shit. I, I post on Instagram. People are like, put on your mask. First of all, I'm promoting a bar and we got different rules here, but I, I am. I do put on the mask. If I'm talking into the mask in fucking Instagram, you're not going to be able to see what I'm saying. There's something to be said for speaking and reading the lips or whatever. I'm sitting there by myself. If I was making out with the girl next to me or the guy, um, not gay, but you know, nothing wrong with that. Um, just saying that would be different, right? So I'm on there, I'm doing like a, I'm trying to do an ad to get people in the bar. We're allowed to have half capacity, right? 
We had a dance floor. I put a pool table in there. We got seats there. People sit down. It's fine. Going down to a dinner tonight at Loose Tie, which is uh, upstairs at Greensleeves. We'll be all right. Um, and when I post about playing hockey, yeah, we were allowed to. People are going, oh, you're playing hockey, spreading COVID. No, we're an island. Guarantee you, no one on that ice. And, and, and okay, if, if it was rampant on the island, it would be worse, but it's not. For the vast majority of this, we've had no cases. So, and, and again, we still, we go to the rink, but we got to, there can only be so many in each room. We can't shower, right? Most of the rinks, you have to have your gear on going in. So we've, it's, it's just a different, I'm not trying to be insensitive. Both sides, just fucking with one side, the far left, if you go outside of your house without your mask on, you're trying to kill everybody's fucking grandparents. And the far right, just want to go out like the Wild West. Like, you know, I mean, how hard is it to wear a mask? Far right will be out spitting in your face. Ah, I love it. It's madness. But those two sides still say it. Those extremes, there's not many of them. They're just the most vocal. So social media gives them, those people a voice. I think most people are in the middle, right? Most people, at least what I see, are, yeah, you know, there's something to it. I mean, you should be thinking that uh, because clearly people are dying, whatever. It doesn't seem, you know, it, it seems to affect all people more, but I don't know why that's a great thing for people. People, well, you know, I've talked to lots of people. Well, it's really only killing the, well, how valuable is, is life on earth though? I don't know, what was John Prine, 72? I guess he could have lived another 28 years. You know, you, you, I'm topping out at 100, I'm thinking, right? You're topping out. If anybody goes over 100, well, A, you're on borrowed time and just congrats to you, right? 90s, if you don't run into cancer, you don't fuck yourself up. You should be able to go to that point now, unless you get unlucky and get, you know what I'm saying, unless you're obese and, you know, you just have no care for your body, too much drugs, too much booze and whatever. But what I'm saying is that my dad, for example, is a senior citizen. I guess you would say he's 67. But I wouldn't feel great if he died of COVID and my buddy who's 30 didn't. And I wouldn't say, well, you know, this senior is 67. Well, you know, he had a comment. I, I don't know. Like, I know lots of people 87. He, he, that's 20 years. 20 years ago to me seems like a long time ago. Y2K. So if my dad could live at least that long, that's 87. Lots of us have relatives older than that. I got relatives older than that now. And that's life. I, I, that's, that's the most insensitive thing when I'm watching all this and people are going, well, you know, it's just the flu. It's not. It, to me, it is, I guess. Right? And I get it. It, it, it. In many ways, it is like the fucking flu. Right? In many ways. I mean, you're not off the bus. In many ways, it's not. It's clearly more deadly. What am I fucking getting into here? But anyway, yeah, anyway, I think most people are, in the, and you know, even, well, I look at it, even if it wasn't, like, if I'm, why not wear the mask? Like, if, if, if I'm, even if I don't believe it, if I'm wrong, then wearing the mask is a good thing. If not, it's slightly inconvenient. I do get, you know, some of the arguments with the lockdown and everything, and, and you know, how long are you going to lock something down? And people start killing themselves of depression or anxiety, and, you know, businesses go under. I, I get all of that. Those are sensible arguments. And I think both sides, uh, uh, like both sides are within me. I can totally see that argument, and I can see the other one, right? I don't, just everybody's so fucking divided and pissed off and, and, and angry. Again, I think most of that is social media. Just think of, if none of that was out there, this anger couldn't spread. You'd have people going on giving their opinions for the most part on TV or on the radio or whatever, people that cared doing research, putting it out there. But I just find it so easy for these haters to get together. And again, I'm talking about both sides here. Both. In Canada and the state, I'm not talking about the, just the US either. I'm talking about generally just people in the world, people that are dealing with the pandemic. Holy fuck, this is a playoff. Uh, this is a Canadian division talk, okay? Anyway, for those reasons that I listed, I think there's more pros than cons. I would welcome a Canadian division, especially when you know, like I was saying before I went off, it's uh, just this year, 
right? So it'll be a, a cool little thing. Who knows? It might work. I know that if, if I was living in one of those NHL cities in Canada, I would love it. Uh, and I'm kind of anyway as a fan. And I really want to see as many. And, and, and there's great players on those teams. The obvious, right? You're going to get McDavid and, and uh, Dreisaitl and, you know, Marner, Matthews, Tavares. It's just a couple of teams. Peterson for Vancouver. Um, I don't know what Ottawa got in the lines of superstars, but for some reason, I like watching them. I don't think anybody likes watching Ottawa, but I do. Uh, my buddy DJ coaches them, first of all. DJ Smith played with them in 99-2000 in uh, St. John's. And uh, DJ stayed in touch, man. He called me a few months ago. Uh, great, great memories with that guy. In any case, I like watching for that reason. Dave Cameron used to coach them, and he was actually on that. Uh, he was our coach on the Leafs, the one I just mentioned with, with DJ. So Dave Cameron coached DJ and I on the St. John's Leafs. And he was a coach of Ottawa a few years ago. Anyway, now our DJ's in there. And, and you know, whatever, DJ gets tenacious players that want to play for him. So there might not be superstars. And I don't even know, you know, they're probably going to struggle again. But keep an eye out. I think they're going to do better than you think. Um, Montreal, I just think, I think they got better than they did worse. A lot of people might disagree. I don't think they're going to be on the top of the hill when it ends. I think it's going to be, whew. I think it's going to be Toronto or Winnipeg. I want to believe in the Oilers, but I don't know. If many would say Connor McDavid's the best player in the world, I might be there. I'm not really sure I'm ready to say that yet with so much playoff disappointment or, or not even making the playoffs. I mean, come on, you're a superstar. Especially when you're playing with the MVP of the league, Dan Dreisaitl. I mean, you would like to think with, with two players, one's the MVP of the league and, and one is regarded as the MVP of the league. You, you, you don't need much around you to squeak into the playoffs. I know two players can't make a team, but two absolute guns like that, you could make an argument to the two best players in the NHL. You could make a very, very fine argument. And I'm still not sold. I know they had other, and they got other good players, great players. But I'm, I'm just not sold. Until I see it, I've seen them with those good players before. I don't know what it is. Jordan Eberle, for example. I just, watching him in New York Islanders, it seems like he's more into it or, or playing better or something. I, I don't know what it is. But it's like a disease in Edmonton. It used to be the other way around, obviously, in my early years. But I am, I'm, I'm going to put them third. I'll put Vancouver fourth. The Habs could insert themselves anywhere in that pile, I think, as crazy as it is. Because they play their systems well. They always got a few bullets. Bullets. They're inconsistent bullets, but the game keeps going that way. And every year, I, I, I say, you know, now the Habs got to do something. They've done nothing for a while, but the last couple of years, I thought they overachieved in a good way. In my mind, they overachieved. I don't think they did. I think they'll still be good. But no, I'm not putting them ahead of Toronto. I'm not putting them ahead of Winnipeg. I'm not putting them ahead of Edmonton. Fuck, maybe Vancouver, though. I don't know. That fourth school. Calgary, they're there. I think Ottawa. So, uh, well, I just don't see it. I know Calgary got a good squad. I know they do, and they've underachieved. And I think, I think Johnny Goudreau, he's had a couple of bad playoffs. But I always hated people judging another player just on like a few games, like anybody can get into a slump, right? Anybody. And sometimes, because I watched some of those games, he didn't seem to have it, but he had some chances. Well, let's just say, I didn't look at his points, say, in last year's playoffs or the year before. But, uh, let's just say, I don't know, he had three points in six games or something. I don't know. Right? But, and, and people are pissed off, but if you watch some of those games, he had some chances. I, the point is, I think he'll break out of them. 
I don't think because people say, well, it's playoffs and he's small. I don't think that has anything to do with it. You can prepare yourself, small, big, whatever. And he was definitely off, but a guy could be, just be nervous, you know, like hearing all that, it, it happens. And as the playoffs go on, you usually see people right at the beginning of last year's playoffs, people were down on what's his uh, Sagan. But eventually the cream will rise to the top. And you watch those Dallas games, even when he wasn't getting points, he was all over. He was hitting them. Tyler Sagan hit, hit, hit right off the bat, man. He was playing a team game. And he was getting chances, and it was just a matter of time if you were watching the games, and he was still contributing. So, Goudreau isn't like that as much of a hitter, but I, I, I just, you know, I think great players, there's a reason that they're great. And playoffs can often give someone a bad rep, man. But unless it goes on for like 10 years straight, I still think the law of averages will work itself out. Guy like Goudreau goes four or five games without scoring, that means that. Very soon, he's going to get like 10 points in four or five games. And it, it's the way it works out. Just look at it. It's a law of averages, right? It's not a science, but how does it happen? Think about this. How does that every year in the NHL, just think of how much time is 82 games, 60 minutes each game. So the best players are out there a third to half of that game, depending on your position. And if you're a goalie, I guess. All the games. Some full games. But it always evens out, right? Like whoever wins the scoring will always get, you know, 100 to 130 points lately, right? It'll always work like that. Now, you'd think in 82 games, in 82 slots of 60 minutes, one of these years, someone's going to get 300 points. It's going to bounce through. It doesn't work like that. And still, the only person to have over 200 points is one player, Wayne Gretzky. Anybody do it twice or three times? I got, I got to look that one up. I should know. I thought it was four, but I'm going to say two. It's either two or four. Holy shit, four times. Gretz had 212 points in 81, 82. 205, 83, 84. 208 in 84, 85. And 204. 15 fucking points in 85, 86, right? And you would think over 80, you, you, you would think over 82 games, 60 minutes per game, that it's going to bounce that way for someone else or they're going to come close. Now, like 15 years straight, 16 years, I think it was, it was either Lemieux or Gretzky and, and Jagger won it, I think, on the last or, or, or in between one year because they were both hurt or the first reason is because Jagger played well. But you know what I'm saying? I think for 18 years, I'm not looking this one up, for 18 or 19 years, it was either Lemieux, Gretzky, or Jagger. And I think for 15 years, it was Lemieux or Gretzky. So, and that's, again, the law of averages. In, in those, those were the best players. To, clearly, whatever was in their bodies, they're the best players in the league. Everybody can stick handle. Everybody can make a pass like they can. Everybody can shoot at some point. It's in them to shoot like that. Everybody can skate like that. Everybody can back check. But, but for some reason, their hockey IQ, right? I'm not saying everybody can shoot it like Lemieux. I'm like, you can do it every time. But everybody can pick the top corner if they really had to. Not had to, but if they shot it 50 times, whatever. It's in everybody to put the puck in the net, right? It, it's not like they were playing with a turbo booster or they had different skates on. It was with everybody plays in the league do most of those things, but they don't have the hockey IQ they have. Their, their brain, their computer that's, that's running their body is going to put themselves this many points ahead of everybody else. And it's going to take that many games, and we're still going to see it. And no, Brett Hull is really good, and he's going to have the odd big year, but he's not going to at the end of that, even though he's really, really good, it's, it's exceptional, right? He won't. Catch those guys. The law of averages come out. Gretzky will miss 18 shots in a row, and then he'll score five of six. Lemieux will go six games, no goals, five assists, and then he'll score five. And it's just, it's like that for everybody else. What? That's the obvious. There's consistent players who get 30 points in the whole year, right? And, and I've played with them. I've seen them before the year go like, okay. 
well, here we this is going to do it in the first like five games. You'll see them. I get all kinds of chances. This is going to be my year. This is going to be my year. They might even get five goals in the first six games. And then, sure enough, skip, 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 skip. Wait till the end. Oh, okay. 11 goals, 19 assists. Good. What was last year? 17 goals, 12 assists. Okay. The year before, nine goals, 16 assists. Wild. And I know it, 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 ice time has a lot to do with that. But, but still, it'll keep it consistent. Whatever ice you give them consistently, they're going to come up with around the same points. Right? Wild. Um, of course, there's exceptions to it. But I'm just saying. Um, actually, I don't even fucking know what I'm saying. I have no idea what I'm saying. Uh, and when, while we're on the topic of COVID, I will say, I don't get the no shower thing when we go to hockey. I, I still don't understand that one. There's a lot I don't understand. That I'm not going to call people hypocrites during all this because no one knows, man. Like People are saying one thing, doing another. This is new to everybody. But there's one thing, someone have that conscious... It, decision like if we're allowed to go into the rink and we're allowed to go in the dressing room i think we're only allowed like eight people in each room it's spread out right like the hours are spread out and just so you know a lot of people can't skate okay so we're listening to this this is how we do it so i i at this point just put my gear on and go to the rink <laughs> i don't give a fuck but, you know you're allowed to go in with your stuff on get dressed and you're not allowed to use the shower but that's the part i don't get like, I know that soap doesn't get rid of COVID, but it's not going to spread it. Like, and, and who knows? It can't hurt to be clean, can it? If I, if I had, like, COVID on me, say I had, like, I don't know, someone who had COVID puts down a towel, right? And then I touch it with my hands. And then I get in the shower and I, I wash myself. Would my hand be clean? If I don't catch that COVID that's on my hand through my mouth or my nose, I don't get it, right? It just, just seep into my fingers. So if I'm showering, now I, I don't see, I, I'm, I'm assuming the rags down there that I'm picking up or towels don't have COVID on them. I'm just saying if it did and I was the shower, wouldn't that help in reduce the risk? And obviously you don't want a lot of people in the shower together. but yeah, like, you know what I mean? You, if you, you put a limit on number of people in the dressing rooms, then just all, a, a lot of this stuff is honor system. So if you believe me that I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to wear my mask and certain, I'm going to socially distance once I'm in the room, then believe us that we're only going to shower one or two at a time. When I say two, there's like six showers. And no, I'm not. I, I made a joke earlier. I'm not gay. And I have nothing against it. My uncle Daryl's gay. A lot of people ask me that for some reason. I know I do have a story in my book about my first book about getting a blowjob by a, a um, transgender person, but you know, a it was an accident, and b I'm not ashamed of it. It happened. It's part of my life. But c I'm, I'm not into it. I get hit on. I do. I'd say this summer. Now I'm going to bear the whole summer because I was running it. But I'd say I got hit on by men twenty times. Like, oh, like pretty, pretty openly, and, and yeah, I find it awkward because I got to go. I, I don't find the hitting awkward. It's fine. Do what you're gonna do. But I'm like, I, I find letting you down. I'm like, I, I, you know, I can't do it. I'm not gay. Like you're good, good guy or or good girl or whatever you choose to be. Right? That happened too a couple times. But I, I'm just, I'm just not into it. But I, I think because I told that story in the book, I. Maybe people think like, oh, secretly, you know, he likes sucking dick. No, I, I don't. You know, first of all, that didn't happen either. I, I, I was out there with a bunch of junior players the other day, about to go on at 5.30, actually. One guy said, oh, you're Terry, you're the guy that sucked that cock. No, no, no. Right? I I, I received oral sex unknowingly. Again, I'm, I'm not going, oh, fuck, yeah, obviously, I didn't know, man, like, how stupid it sucked it, it, it was the worst head i ever had well, it was pretty good and i've told that story but i really didn't know and i'm not trying to hide anything i'm just not ashamed of it it happened in my life nothing bad came out of it uh, no pun intended um but anyway how the fuck did i get there 
I don't know what I was talking about. And maybe I'll leave it there. Why do I have no guest? I'm going to take off now. How long have I been on? Guys, it's, it's been really um, frustrating, this podcast. Well, everybody has a podcast. Everybody now. More people have a podcast than have a YouTube channel. Like everybody has a podcast. It was kind of unique when I started it. And it does give me a bit of a platform in a regular world to public speak and things like that. And that's part of my income and sell books here and there. And, and generally, generally, I don't mind it. But it takes up a lot of time, like I said. And, you know, I. I, I'm kind of sick of hearing my own voice. To be honest with you, I I really wouldn't listen to this. I, you you guys that I'm talking to, and I don't even know how many people I'm talking to. I don't even try at this. I don't do my notes. I don't. I, I'm 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 really discouraged from doing it. I'm sorry that that's the truth. But I get messages, and I feel like I'm letting people down if I don't do it. Um, a lot of people. I, I can't keep up, by the way, with my Instagram like messages. I don't get back to you. Don't be offended. Um, oh, shout out as well. Greg Allen, shout out, shout out, shout out. I said, anyway, a lot of you bought books. Rights, Film, and Folklore. If you want to do it, send me a DM. Do it through me. Uh, and anyway, Greg gave me a, a handsome tip. So I sent you out. I sent you out some uh, pictures there. And uh, I appreciate that. I think I sent an extra book. Anyway, I appreciate it. Yeah, if you want to order one, guys. Terry Ryan 2020 on Instagram or Terry Ryan 20 on Twitter. Uh, and I'll send it to you. And if you're local, I'll do it for 25 bucks. I'll drive it. It's 20 in the store anyway, right? So for five bucks extra, I'll sign it and I'll drive it to you. And uh, if you're on the mainland, it usually comes to 35, depending on where you are. It could be slightly cheaper, but not 35 shipping I, I, altogether because I think the shipping is not So if you're on the mainland and you want a book, do it through me. I'll personalize it, send it to you. I got a couple of bookmarks there. Um, I got some hockey cards, some pictures I get made up if you want one of those or whatever. In any case, 35 bucks for, for the book if you want me to mail it out to you. Um, where was I going to go? Yeah, so, and honestly, I, I feel I almost, A, to, to have the book a guest, and I work sporadically, right? Like I, I'm, I'm helping to run the bar, so that's part-time. But a lot of the other stuff on a daily, I'm a call-in on these film sets. And there's two major shows going on here. There's Surrealtor and Hudson and Rex. And on one, I do a lot of locations and set deck. And the other one, I do a lot of, uh, say, background stunts, um, set dressing. Uh, I, I do multiple things on each one, but I go in three or four days a week. I'm a call-in, or daily, they call it. And I could have been on there permanently, but I, I had the turkey, or the TJ's thing. And my book was coming out and I wanted a chance to, to tour it around the island a little bit if we couldn't get off the island. I might as well drive it around. I went to Clarenville, South Bar, Grand Falls. Uh, so I knew I'd need a little bit of time and then to do this. So, cause when you're on a film set, man, it's like 15, 16 hours straight. You can't be on your phone for the vast majority of it. And you can't even have your phone on for a lot of it. Well, at least, uh, I mean, you gotta be on mute. If you're you know, down fucking around on your phone, you're gonna be really get a time that well. And, you know, you're, once you're there, you're there. You don't leave, like I said, for 15 hours often, 12 at least. So, you know, I don't really know. So I, I often, I book guests and it falls through. And like I said, so many people have a podcast. I have no idea who's listening to this. I assume fucking nobody. It, judging by the messages I get, it, it, there, must be a, 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 there must be a few people. Because not everybody that listens messages me. I would think like one in 10. Jesus, not even. I'd say one in a hundred. I mean, I would never think to message someone I was listening to. But I get a lot with that way. Some days I get a hundred messages. Okay, there you go. Some uh, uh, Many days I get a hundred messages. And it's hard to keep it up, up with. So um, if if I don't get right back to you, uh, let me know. But what I do when, when when people are ordering the book, right? So I go down and I open every one just to see, and then I'll, I'll, I'll organize it. Whether it's, you know, if it's to buy a book, then I put them over here, boom, 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 and then I answer everybody over here, and then I go back to the book ones, 
write down who it is, uh, set up an e-transfer, PayPal, whatever, and then send them over. But it's a process. Like to go through my messages takes me three or four hours a day. And I get a lot of them are this podcast. And guys, I'm not, it doesn't pay though. Like I don't make any money from this podcast. So it's not just the time to do the podcast. It's the, to, to chat with all the fans and everything. And I feel almost like an imposter because all I'm doing is what like Jeff O'Neill does on, on like Overdrive or Hazer or, or McLennan or, or Ken Reed or at Sportsnet or I don't know, Gina fucking Retta, Gina Retta or whoever. But these people work in the industry. So they're answering fan mail on their off time because they're paid, you know, they're, they're getting paid for the reason that the fans are, 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 are sending messages. But for me, it's different. It's the time to do this. Plus then all the managing that comes with it. And I really appreciate people at the Hockey Podcast Network edit all this. I do none of that. Right, the song that you hear on the way in is one of my favorite songs from a Newfoundland band, uh, Sally Ann by the Long Distance Runners. But I, you know, I just told them that they do that, right? The shit at the end and all that, they do it. Any any sound effects, I just turn on my mic. But it's still it's the time to do this. Then you know I'll send it off to them. But then people have you know I, I will get fifty messages if I'll get one on just that Canadian division thing. And then people will say like, hey, well, what do you think if Matthew plays McDavid? Who, 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 who'll get more points? And it's hard to answer those when I got to answer like, and, and then on top of that, there's people actually messaging me that need me, like my daughter or my ex-wife or or whatever that might be, or or, or a buddy, right? Or, or, you know, a lot of people, yeah, yeah. You know, people have things to say or, or, or deadlines or whatever it might be. Not every message from a fan is inquisitive like that, but lots are. And I want to get back to people. I really do. But when I start doing that, the, the whole day has gone by. Right? So that's why I'm peddling these books. And so at least I get something from the, the time I'm putting in. I'm a media personality that's like a wannabe. Like I feel like um, a kid that has a lemonade stand because he went to college or um, he went to Dairy Queen, um, you know, and, and, and puts, you know, Tierra's lemonade, you know, and people come by and, and give you a quarter because, you know, your parents paid for fucking everything. All the lemonade, the glasses, the fucking stand, the, the markers, the writer, your parents paid for all that shit, but you in your mind, you're 10, thinking, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. It's kind of like this with me in the podcast. You know, like I'm, I'm creating this, personality is it ego definitely not because i don't want to do this but i feel like i'm letting people down if i don't i feel like i'm letting an opportunity go by if i was to stop having the podcast right now um you know would it cut off some opportunity in the future maybe you know like i said i went to pei this summer and did a gig great three-day gig golf tournament got paid pretty well and, you know, when they contact me, is this, is this Terry Ryan from Tales with TR? So somebody must be listening. And that's indirect, though. It's here and there. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they just knew me by that, but they'd read my book. I mean, I did play in the NHL. There's Habs fans out there. Um, I think, you know, some people are like, there's not as many, but there, there's, there's very, there's super fans of like shows like Frontier, because my mom was in it, but that, you know, there's not as many as like Habs fans or like Star Trek fans or shit like that, but, but they exist. And I get message that, messages that way. A lot of them listen to this because of it. So they have no idea what I was doing. So I have people that are like in Momoa from like Germany listen to this and like Australia. They probably have no idea what I was talking about for the first part. But I don't really, so I care if they don't want to. But yeah, you know, I'm, 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 I'm almost like an imposter. I'm not trying to, I'm not chipping over my bottom lip. I'm just giving you facts, right? Like the, the people that have podcasts generally, like Joe Rogan, are getting paid for the fucking podcast, right? So, I mean, I, and I, it's, it's just, it's, it's time consuming. It's frustrating. I'm sick of hearing my own voice. I'm sick of posting on Instagram. I'm sick of all that. If I could, I would separate myself from that world completely. But we're in COVID and I'm in a province that 
we, we've seen better days. I mean, we're not as bad as the early 90s when I left and the cod fishery cod moratorium was on and they cut that off. And, but it's not great for um, many places during this COVID, but point is, you know, the film world's great here. I, I'm not complaining, but like I'm not getting a broadcasting job, right? If I am, let me know. People often say, hey, you should be working for this or that. I'm sick of it. I've applied to those places. And, and whatever, I, I don't get it. I'm, I'm fine here in Newfoundland anyway. My daughter's here, meaning like if I worked at Sportsnet or, or TSN, I'd have to move to Toronto. Um, and that's still, it, it would never happen because they're not hiring and they're not interested in me too. I'm not, again, saying this to be defeatist. I'm just letting people know because I get a lot of messages from that group for that reason. Or people saying, you know, have me or have this person on your next podcast. Man, I don't even know when the next podcast is going to be. I'll try to keep putting them out. I'll maybe have a guest that, I, I, it's at the point that I, always, I actually feel bad for asking guests for their time because there must be better options for them. Like spitting chiclets, right? Like, that's clearly a platform that people can go on and you lend your time. But I know because I get asked all the time, I get asked to do podcasts and I try to do, and I will. And if I can't do my own guys, those of you asking me, if I don't have time to do my own, it's tough. And, and I try to pick, you know, obviously if Jeff Merrick asked me from hockey central, I just had a book come out. I'm going to put that in priority one or, or whoever, because it's tens of thousands of listeners. I'm not trying to be a prick, but I do try to do a lot of them. And I look and it's like podcast followers, six. So who's listening? Right? And that's the way I feel. Like I don't have a podcast channel. I don't know how many people are following that. or I have absolutely no idea. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't listen to this with so many options out there. Who I listen to? I listen to Bill Burr. Joe Rogan podcast. Bill Burr, Joe Rogan. I listen to that new one with uh, Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, and Will Arnett. Smartless. I listened to Rob Lowe, just had a new one, some decent interviews. Uh, stuff you should know, stuff that'll blow your minds, how it began. And then any one of number of political, I just try to update myself on all the news. So I, I got like Fox, CNN, CBC, all different angles. But anyway, that's what I listen to. I, I would put mine at like number 8 million. I would never, ever listen to this. Just, I wouldn't. But especially now, we're in, we're, what are we, an hour in? I don't know, to, to me talking nonsensically with no guest. But anyway, I was walking by the computer and I said, you know, I'll stop and say something to the people that listen because I feel bad not having a, content and, and you know this is me without preparing walking by a computer pressing on so it's still not great contact content and i'm sorry for that uh, but i am going to try to keep pumping them out um if people are listening i guess you're listening and uh, i do appreciate that and it can be humbling the only like i said the frustrating part is that i feel like i'm you know i'm taking myself too seriously and i don't like that we're at the point here you know, this isn't my job. I have other things. If you want to follow me on Instagram, great. Um, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll start guesting on podcasts. I get, you know, I'm sitting there now with like probably a dozen that I said I'd do and I haven't. Maybe I could do something like that and I could put a link on here. I don't know. But for right now, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be uh, dramatic at all, at all. I will keep doing them. Um, here and there. I hope I can have some regularity to it. I can't promise that anymore. Um, but that's where I stand. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, I'm going to give a shout out. So Danielle's company, Penny Posh. Danielle is my ex-wife. Uh, we get along great. And I'm very happy that she's in my life. Just got to say that because people don't always understand that. And some, yeah, I'm just giving you an update. Penny Lane's doing great. And, uh, you know, she feels the love from both of us. Well, Danielle has a company, Penny Posh, and it's really taking off. It took a little bit, but the hoodies are unreal. And I've sold a few on here and people love them. So 
the hoodies, I believe, are $69.99. Well, they're $139. But I said on here that we could get rid of them for $69.99. And for, for, for more than one reason, I want her numbers up and, and for my book. So for $69.99, you can have the hoodie. Well, wait. If you want a hoodie, $69.99, I can get it down that low. Let me know. And just go to pennyposhdesigns.com and look at them. They're really, really cool. There are jackets, but the hoodies are awesome. I, 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 of course, you can buy a jacket and they're nice, but I'd be a hypocrite in saying it's the nice jacket I ever saw. These are the nicest hoodies I've ever seen for women. For more reasons than one, it'll be, uh, it, 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 it'll be explained on the website. But in any case, pennyposhdesigns.com. Uh, they're great. And let's say for, if, if, if the hoodies, for a hundred bucks, for a hundred dollars, I'll send you a hoodie and a book. And the book can be, is going to be personalized. And I'll throw in a uh, picture. Uh, Danielle hasn't agreed to that, but I think she will. In any case, uh, thank you for listening. And I apologize. I haven't been more regular with these things. Consistency has been an issue. Those are the reasons. All I can be is honest. And I will try in the new year. That's going to be my resolution. I'll try to get back to having a guest. Uh, more often than not. I can't promise it every time. And I really, really do appreciate the listen. If I sound negative, uh, I don't mean to be. I'm, I'm trying to be honest. I'm actually in a pretty good frame of, of mind. Sometimes honesty doesn't hurt, I guess. It's, it's just, um, it might sound callous of me to say those things, but I'm not. I appreciate the listens. I really do love talking hockey. Uh, it's just circumstance, like I said, and uh, yeah. Thank you. Good luck to everybody over Christmas. Have a Merry Christmas. Um, whether you celebrate the actual holiday or not, it's for me, it symbolizes, I mean, you know, I'm Catholic and I'm not, not anti-religious, but I'm certainly not religious. Um, I don't believe most of what the Catholic Church is teaching. Actually, no, that's wrong. I believe the morals are what they're trying to teach and everything, okay? What I'm saying is that even if you're not religious, I believe in something. I'm not atheist. I, I don't think it's anywhere in the Bible, though, is my point. And, you know, the Christmas tree and everything that comes with that. But I, I think it's, it symbolizes a tradition for me. Like a cross doesn't necessarily symbolize Jesus for me, but it, it symbolizes remembering and you know, every grave of the people that are important to me, there's a cross there. Um, it, it symbolizes a, a, a unity and a respect. Well, it's the same thing Christmas, man. It symbolizes seeing my friends. Like, I don't actually, I don't even know. I, you know again, I did folklore. I know the story that people aren't even sure. December 25th basically is made up. Even if you believe in Jesus and everything else, the scholars say it would have been around September. There's more reason than one, but people just picked December 25th because the conception was supposed to have happened in, possibly in June. So they just said the 25th to make it easy. But there was never. And the three wise men, in actuality, in actuality, uh, you know, they came years later and met Jesus as a, as a, as a boy. Uh, but you could argue that whatever. I'm, I'm, <laughs> How can I say what fact is? I'm just saying there's many stories that tell that, right? So there's often these these beliefs and and stories, and you know, you don't. In my mind, the Bible or, or nothing like that should be taken word for word. It happened too long ago, uh, and I do think the New Testament is true. I just don't think that the Jesus was born, you know, to a virgin, or that he's the Son of God. Or God has like a robot making decisions behind a desk. I don't think that I can think and like pray to a God that's going to grant my wish. I, I just don't. If you do, though, more power to him. Let's say I'm right. But Christmas to me is just symbolizes love and where, no matter what you believe in. And uh, unity and family and the appreciation for being human. And whether it's Jesus 
or God or Buddha or the Messiah or Yahweh or whoever it is. Um, I think the bigger thing is that all, all whatever you believe in, whatever God you believe in, well, Christmas is time for getting together. And for Catholics, obviously, it's to celebrate Christianity. But again, technically, I'm Catholic, but I love Christmas. And again, I don't practice Catholicism, but I love it. And I've got many friends from all different religious backgrounds that love it. And to them, it symbolizes either seeing their friends um, or uh, you know, Christmas concerts or lights or whatever it is, but it's generally meant to be a good thing, I think. Uh, so please have a great Christmas, have a safe one, and uh, I'll try to do the same. While uh, it's December 17th, so I hope to be back with a uh, episode either before Christmas or uh, shortly after. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Fights, Film, and Folklore, available at a bookstore near you or through my DMs right now. TJ's Pub, there's always something going on at TJ's Pub. Wedgwood Cafe, great food, great people. Any posh designs, women's wear, we imagine. Thanks, everybody. 